freedom fighters, freedom lovers, and those who just want stuff for free. Greetings and hello. It is I, your favorite obscure social studies teacher, with just above average looks, intelligence, and style, Mr. Palumbo, and this is the one and only Professor Liberty Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, folks. You know I always appreciate it. Today I have a podcast episode that has probably been a year in the making. I have been stewing over this topic and researching this topic and thinking about it and trying to come up with a way where I can explain it to you guys and you're not wanting to pull your hair out or jump out a window because, again, we're going to be talking about economics today and it's not exactly a subject people like to tune into. They want true crime. They want gossip. They want uh, weird history of Roman sexual activity. Well, I don't do that here. We talk plain Jane economics. Boring. But I've been trying to connect these dots for at least a year now. And, you know, if you go back to episode 99 when we talked about supply-side economics and the government lack of profit motive and their their desire to be efficient they don't have one because they can never go out of business you know i'm trying to break through the simple marxists blah 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 all these things you hear about in college or at school or on tv or tiktok the world's going to hell and the government must save us that's the only topic you hear. The government is going to save us. When has the government saved us before? I don't know. Today we're going to discuss why our jobs pay poorly. In other words, why do our wages suck? Now I had an old pastor, an old friend of mine. He hated me using the word suck. He thought it was inappropriate. But you know what? Sometimes you got to pull out some words for provocative effect. And the way we feel today when we get up every morning before the sun and we get in the shower and we brush our teeth and we eat and we put gas in the car and we go to work and we just know, all of us, unless you're a billionaire, our jobs, our wages suck. Why do wages suck? Why are houses, a basic house is half a million dollars, and I didn't get a raise last year. This keeps going on year after year after year, and I want to talk about it today. Today's episode is called, Why Our Wages Suck. If you'd like to email the show, the email is professorliberty1776 at gmail.com. That's Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. Send me your questions, your comments, your concerns, your criticisms, your combustions, your institutions, your evaporations, your imaginations. Send me whatever. Just send it to Professor Liberty 1776 at gmail.com. Okay, so like I said, this podcast episode, we're going to discuss wage stagnation. How come our wages don't seem to go up as fast as inflation does? Which is a year-by-year phenomenon. Most years, inflation is a number, and wages, if they do go up, 
is most of the time below that number. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the Consumer Price Index, the CPI, so that's just a hodgepodge of everything that we buy, rose 8.6% in May 2022. The average hourly earnings rose 5.2% in the same period. This means that the average worker's purchasing power has declined by 3.4%. What does this mean, boys and girls? You lost 3.4% of your income, your purchasing power. So why does this happen? Why, why, why is everything so expensive and then yet wages don't keep up? There are so many reasons, ladies and gentlemen. Supply chain disruptions, wars, consumer demand, governments printing and spending our paper dollars into oblivion. And like I said, this, is, this happens. This happens every year. I went back all the way to the year 2000. So check this out. In the year 2000, the overall inflation rate in the United States was 3.36%. Let me pause there real quick. That is about the average rate of the past 20 years is about 3.3%. The Fed, the Federal Reserve, the people that are making our money worthless, they have always kind of just given that inflation is going to be 3%, 4%, right? It's only been since 2000 or so uh, that inflation has gone out of control. But anyway, 23 years ago, inflation was about 3%. And wages went up, check this out, 3%. In fact, let's get down to the specific numbers. So I said 3.3% was inflation. Did you know that in 2000, wages went up 3.7%? Man, my wage went up 0.4%. Woohoo, I got a raise. The main point here is that something happened in 2000 where inflation and wages stayed about the same. You didn't really lose. You didn't really win, right? Same thing happened in 2001. Same thing happened in 2002. Actually, in 2002, wages outpaced inflation by 1%. So that means you got a little purchasing power increase, 1%. This trend kind of continues until about 2008, when inflation was 3%. Remember, that's about the average. But wage growth was negative 0.09. That was back in the Great Recession, as Obama likes to call it. So what causes wage stagnation? Or, keeping with the provocative title today, what causes our wages to suck? Well, this has many answers. And uh, this goes back to our episode 99, which I would recommend you listening, that Economic problems often have multifaceted reasons or multifaceted explanations. And we definitely got to stay away from the Marxist oppressed versus oppressor. The evil capitalists are greedy and they're trying to, they're trying to exploit the worker and we need government to come in and save us. So one reason I want to talk about, and I talk about this a lot in economics with the seniors, and it comes up in other social studies classes, is globalization. And globalization, a simple definition, is just the world becoming more interconnected through trade, 
language, technology. We're just, the whole world is interconnected more than it used to be. The rise of globalization has led to an increase in competition with low-wage countries. This is going to put a downward pressure on wages. Globalization has a complex impact on wages. Some are good. Most are bad. For example, like I just mentioned, the increased competition from low-wage countries is going to bring down wages. If the Chinaman in East Asia can make a t-shirt for a dollar, but the American worker is going to need 5 to $10 to make the same t-shirt, well, obviously companies are going to send their business to East Asia. This brings the wages down. Also due to globalization, people are moving around, right? So you have low-income people coming into this country, many illegally, but you have workers coming into your country and they're willing to do a job for half the price that you're willing to do it for. Again, this brings prices down. Another reason why our wages suck is automation. Automation is robots and machines and computers doing the work that Americans can do or people can do. And often low middle income or low education people once did. A study by MIT economists, and I'm going to get these names messed up, Darren Asamagulu, Asamagulu, that is not his name, and Pascal Repressro found that automization led to a wage decline for workers who perform routine tasks. The study found that automization has reduced wages by an average of 8% for workers with low levels of education and experience. I've mentioned this example in class when I teach economics. Check out, when you guys go to the store, look at these self-checkout kiosks, right, at your grocery store. For every self-checkout station, there used to be a human being behind that counter using the cash register. And maybe they weren't rich and maybe they didn't have a lot of education, but I bet you 40 years ago, that job was able for them to, uh, the wages that they earned from that job probably allowed them to afford some kind of basic housing and basic transportation. Well, now all these jobs are automated. Well, where did those people go? We still have low education people. We still have low income people. They still need to find a job, but these jobs no longer exist. At these self-checkout areas, you can have one cashier and he or she controls five or six stations, right? Well, where'd those other four or five jobs go? They've disappeared. How does this affect wages? You don't have to pay a robot, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to pay a computer. They don't take breaks. They don't get sick. They don't require health insurance. So the wage is zero. Now, if you're a human and you need to live and you need to support your family and support yourself, how do you compete with this robot will work for zero? Think about that. Sadly, the impact of automation on wages is likely to continue to grow in the future. As automation technology continues to develop, it is likely to automate even more tasks and consequently erasing more and more jobs 
that people of low experience or low education would otherwise have filled. Okay, so that's globalization. Now we talked about automation. I want to talk about one more. And uh, these aren't, uh, like I said, this isn't a conclusive list or an exhaustive list. Another reason for the decline of wages is the decline of union participation or organized labor. Unions have historically played a role in negotiating higher wages for workers, but their memberships have declined significantly in recent decades. The decline in the labor union participation in the United States has led to lower wages for workers. Unions negotiate higher benefits and wages for their members. So when union membership declines, there is less pressure on employers, corporations, to raise wages. Uh, Mr. Palumbo, I thought you were against organized labor, Mr. Palumbo. I thought you were one of these MAGA Republicans, one of these free market guys, Mr. Palumbo. See, now you're seeing, Mr. Palumbo, that the proletariat must unite against the bourgeoisie. I'm so... Well, hey, hey, yo, settle down there. First of all, I wasn't taking any questions. Sit down. I'm not against unions. I've never been against unions. I do think unions can... Uh, kill the golden goose, if you will. I think corporations and unions have to work together. They have to compromise. In other words, negotiate. I do think unions can uh, be overbearing to corporations, and I do think corporations left unchecked can exploit workers. But that in no way means I want to have or lead or advocate for the Marxist utopia that doesn't exist. Union membership in manufacturing in this country has declined from 35% in 1979 to 6% in 2022. That surprised me. This decline has led to a decline in wages for manufacturing. Check this out. Union membership in construction has declined from 20% in 1979 to 9% in 2022. And coincidentally, it's these manufacturing jobs and these construction jobs, especially construction jobs, where it's still it's still possible for a guy out of high school to get into some of these jobs and make really good money after some apprenticeship time. And why is that? It's because they have unions. I know a blue-collar guy with legend, he's got less education as me. He doesn't have all the fancy degrees and diplomas. And I know he's making way more money than I do as a teacher. Why? Because he's got a construction job. He's part of the union. So what's the impact of this wage stagnation? We're experiencing it today. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably experiencing it right now. The impact of wage stagnation is you're making less and less money. You're, you're, you're starting to have to make decisions that you didn't have to make several years ago. Uh, you're starting to have to change your lifestyle. You're starting to have to prioritize your budget, which you should probably do anyway. But the thing with wage stagnation is, obviously, it disproportionately affects low- and middle-income workers the most. Middle- and lower-incomes have fallen since the 1970s. However, the higher income people, 
it continues to go up or it doesn't go down as fast. Stagnation, wages sucking, has significantly impacted the poor because you already made less money already. And this, is, this can lead to more poverty. And um, in my personal opinion, this is just my opinion, I haven't looked into this, I think one of the main drivers of this increase in, or shall we say, explosion of homelessness is this wage stagnation. I mean, we hear on the news all the time, Americans are one paycheck away. Americans are one catastrophe away from bankruptcy. Well, if that's the case, eventually this wage stagnation catches up with you. If you've got a basic job and you're working 40 hours a week and you can barely pay for rent for a crappy one-bedroom ghetto apartment, something is wrong. And if it's a battle of attrition, eventually you're going to go from your one-bedroom ghetto apartment to your car, to nothing. I guess that's when you buy a tent and you go live in Hollywood. So how do we fix this? We had a conversation about this a couple weeks ago in economics class. Obviously, there's no easy solutions. I mean, if the, if the problem is multifaceted, the solution is also going to have to be uh, dynamic and complex. But I would say, you know, not to sound like a baby boomer here, but I would say, bring back manufacturing jobs. Bring back a, a manufacturing base. That way, we're not beholden to foreign countries for all of our stuff. Was it, wasn't it last year when Biden, we needed some kind of microchip and we don't even make them? And that some of this had defense, uh, national defense implications. But didn't he have to like write an uh, executive order saying, hey, we need to start making these chips because these microchips, because they're made in China. But there's trade-off, folks. But before I get to the trade-offs, what would be some benefits of reestablishing a manufacturing base in the United States? First of all, increased jobs. Bringing manufacturing back to the United States would create jobs, and it would create good jobs, like those construction jobs we were talking about, or those manufacturing jobs that are part of a union. It would also bring the union back. This would also help improve the economy overall. It's also going to bring higher wages, right? If you're building cars, if you're building appliances, if you're building complex, uh, valuable things, you're going to get paid more than if you're making T-shirts and stickers. This is going to also reduce reliance on foreign supply chains. Think about all the crap uh, ever since COVID and the supply chain has been uh, disrupted, quote unquote, and how these wars are disrupting the supply chain, quote unquote. Well, if we bought it, if we made it here, those supply chain issues would not hamper us in any way. Increased national security is another benefit to having a strong manufacturing base. We make our own computer chips. Thank you very much, China. And here's one for the greenies in the back. Listen up. Actually having a manufacturing base in this country would lessen the impact of the environment. Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how many ships are on the ocean right now. How many of those massive uh, 
container ships, there's probably thousands and thousands and thousands. Do you know how much crap gets thrown into the ocean? Do you know how how many of those containers fall off into the ocean? Because of the supply chain, there is so much pollution in our oceans and in the airways. This would, if we just made it in our own country, this would lessen the environmental impact on the entire world. Now, what's the glaring downside? Well, economics is all about trade-offs, right? So if we want quality, high-paying jobs, the trade-off is we're going to have higher prices. So you might not be able to buy those Nikes made by the Vietnamese gal for $100. They might be $200. But I guess you have to ask yourself, or maybe there's even a moral piece here that we have to ponder, Would you rather spend money, more money that is, and buy American and support your country and support your fellow countrymen and invest in your own country and it's going to be a little more expensive or would you rather buy cheap things from foreign lands enriching foreign governments, many of those governments not very uh, benevolent to democracy and Western values? And lastly, boys and girls, let me say something on a more personal level, on a more individual level, okay? We are literally living in the rise of the machines, right? Back to the automation piece, right? This is full Terminator 2 coming to life. Uh, during, During the lockdown and during COVID, even teachers can be replaced by online prepackaged curriculum. So if you're a young person today, You got to make yourself competitive, okay? You can't just work at the fast food joint. You got to make yourself competitive. That might mean going to college. And if it does mean going to college, going to college for something that is going to be viable in the future. Do not get a degree in 18th century lesbian poetry. That is not going to do anything for you, okay? Do not get a degree in psychology. If you're going to get a degree in psychology, you have to become a doctor. You can't just have a bachelor's degree in that. Okay? If you have a job now, make yourself valuable. Do what you need to do. Be that dependable worker. And yes, ask for raises. If you don't ask for a raise, you're not going to get one. Period. Ask for a raise. Fight for what you know you're worth. Don't be afraid to look for more jobs. Look for other jobs. Look for new jobs. I've run into so many people in my adult life who are so afraid of doing something else. They stick to their job and they don't, they don't, there might be a better paying job out there for you, but you got to go look for it. You need to fight for yourself. You need to fight for higher pay because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. Here at Professor Liberty, we seek to educate, inspire, and restore. If you like this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star rating. And you'd be super awesome if you would give me a written review. You can also go to Teachers Pay Teachers for some of my lessons and activities for your homeschool and classroom usage. Hit me up on Facebook Messenger. I'm also on Twitter, sometimes not really. Until next time, go throughout the land and proclaim liberty.